Welcome to the AHC podcast. Join us in conversation with experts, thought leaders and colourful characters in the hairdressing industry and beyond. We'll be discussing stories and ideas to inspire, educate and entertain you and most importantly, to help grow your business. If you'd like to listen to more AHC podcasts, you can find them on Spotify or Apple under the Australian Hairdressing Council. Are you ready? Let's do this. Hi, everyone. I'm Sandy Chong from the Australian Hairdressing Council, and I've got a special guest today, and it's Sheridan Rose West. Now, Sheridan's salon, hi, Sheridan, um, is Mama West. So thank you so much for coming on today, Sheridan. Thank you very much, Sandy. Thanks for having me. Now, I've got so much to discuss with you, but I should point out that you have got such a long list of accolades and awards that there's no way that I'm going to remember them all. But I know that just just this year, anyway, you've won local business awards for being an innovative business in your area, which is Mainston, Mainston in uh, in Melbourne, and as well as um, you know, as well as winning industry awards, you're part of the Fame team, and it recently won the Artistic Team of the Year, the Australian Hair Fashion Awards. But you also won, <laughs> congratulations. You also won the Victorian Salon of the Year at the Australian Hair Industry Awards. Um, and you've just got every time, I think I said to you, every time I go onto the socials, you pop up because you're always doing amazing things, you know, for your salon, but also for the industry. So congratulations and well done. Thank you so much. Now, I want to talk to you about a few things because you've got an incredibly successful brand and incredible successful business in Melbourne. And when we look at the industry, there are some concerns in the industry at the moment. And one of them is all about apprenticeships. And, you know, our concern is the fact that we lose so many of our apprentices in the first year. In fact, the data shows us around 63%. So I thought we'd have a chat about, well, why is that? And looking at your brand and how well your brand is doing, you obviously have got a great formula and a great culture. So I do want to have a chat to you about that. I also want to have a chat to you about your career. You know, um, did you become an overnight success? Because um, I remember with my own salon, it was called Suki. And I think it took 20 years for us to start winning all these awards. And Someone said to me, oh, you've just arrived on the scene. It's like, no, we've been here a long time. We've worked really hard to get here. So nothing really happens overnight. I'm sure you worked really hard too. So I'll have a chat to you about that. Anyway, um, let's have a chat about the salon, how many staff you've got, um, how many apprentices you've got. And I guess um, do you want to share with us what's your philosophy, your ethos on when you, when you employ an apprentice, what are the steps that you take then? to ensure that that apprentice has the best learning experience and also the best apprentice experience with you. So I'll pass over to you. Yes, beautiful. So um, hello, everyone. Thank you so much for having me. I am seeing my business a little bit like reparenting oneself. I think I having had a 17-year hairdressing career and having kind of my own resentments, angers and fears throughout that experience, I think having a salon, it's been the opportunity to give what was ne not necessarily given to me. 
So for me, I had an apprentice from the moment that we opened the door. I see apprentices as the glue that make the salon work. And I've been told that some ex-bosses have said that apprentices are just a dead wage. But our space doesn't work well without our support staff. And we start training them from the moment they enter the door. We've got an apprentice at the moment. She's a mature age. She's been with us for three months. She's already done her first haircut. She's tinting on the floor. She's toning. She's blow waving. That's three months. So she is mature age. She's really hungry. She's really open and she knows what she wants. So I believe it's our responsibility and duty of care to get their hands dirty the second they kind of enter our space. I absolutely love hearing what you've just said. You know, because I think, unfortunately, so many salons don't see apprentices as an investment in their salon. And I love the way you describe that they're the glue for your salon and how quickly you've got this mature apprentice on the floor and doing stuff. And we know that apprentices leave the industry because of the way they're treated and also the lack of training and the fact that they're just used as cleaners for a year and nothing else. Um, do you have like a specific time that you train her? I'm, I'm assuming it's a female. So do you yes. train her every week or do you put time aside or how is it they're actually training her? In every moment of downtime, she is being trained. Like if it's not by, it's specifically with me monthly, but it is weekly with at least another senior that's happening because I see, especially mature age apprentice, we are paying a higher wage, though they learn so quick. And I think for that wage to be um, helpful to us, the sooner we get them on the floor, the, the more profitable our salon is. Really, I think we've got it a bit backwards where we think we can't make a healthy profit with an apprentice, but I think the sooner they can do hair, the sooner we are making a profit, right? Yeah, exactly. And so instead of seeing them as an expense, yes. getting a return on investing in them, your time, your money and your energy, yes. the sooner the better. So um, with your apprentices, they go to college. Do you, work, um, do you work with the college at all? Like, Do you liaise with them on what they're learning? Yeah, so I work very closely with Bieber Academy. We have a fantastic relationship and I often, we've got quite the reputation now in Melbourne and I have got to say we are turning back apprentices at the moment. In fact, we probably get more apprentices and trainees from Bieber Academy applying for jobs more regularly than seniors and my turn at the moment is putting all my time and energy into the next generation of hairdressers because there is a bit of a hunger there and I have found the seniors that have come through my doors aren't quite up to the standard that we need them to be. We now are an award-winning salon which comes with high demand, high expectations, not just from me but from the community and that means I think if I can train the the next generation of hairdressers in the way that, you know, we, we do hair and the reason why we have been so successful, I see them, you know, we don't have to retrain in the future. They're just there immediately. Yeah. Well, that's absolutely brilliant. And, of course, Beaver is a wonderful academy and I love all the teachers there and certainly the work. Yes. is just, um, you know, you look at Lyndall who has just yeah. won, you know, Australian Hairdresser of the Year and I just totally adore her, Marilla. Yeah. They do a really wonderful job at Beaver and Simon as well. Um, yeah. And even their history is amazing. You know, really yes, and their culture. 
Yeah. It's inspiring. They do competitions. They get people, you know, into it immediately. I got to judge the next level Bieber competition last year. And it was the hardest thing I think I've ever done in my whole career, judging that level of work, because it was such high standard. Oh, I agree. And I've judged their competitions as well. And, you know, they paraded down the street. They had this yeah. <laughs> DJ too, I might add. But um, I found that really difficult because very inspirational work, very creative. And, oh, my God, the talent that goes through. So I agree with you. Really wonderful, you know, college in Melbourne. So um, let's have a chat about you, though, because, you know, you suddenly, well, you didn't really suddenly, um, you know, pop up. And I think I had said to you, oh, I've been keeping an eye on you for some time now, just really watching your business and your profile and your brand grow. Now, as I said, you have a really wonderful brand. And it's interesting that, you know, you recognise that there are higher expectations now. When when you win the awards, well, then that means that you have to live up to those awards and your brand as well. So tell me about your journey, you know, um, how you got into hairdressing, why did you become a hairdresser and, where, you know, sort of how did you get to where you are now? Yeah, I I am definitely a bit of a dark horse and you're not wrong there. I have been around for 17 years, but Mama West has kind of been like a rebirth of my own identity and my own um, life experience, I guess. So I was lucky enough to be trained by, at least for half of my apprenticeship by Frank Bergamista. I saw Anne actually in the group. Uh, I saw a little interview there with Anne. Anne taught me how to cut hair as well as Frank. And I, that's where I started. I started at that standard. I started at premium salon level. And then I ended up rebelling against the system of hairdressing and the boundaries and the, you know, I was a 14, 15 year old girl at that stage. I'm a year nine dropout. I didn't even finish year nine. I was so hungry to be around adults and hairdressing really gave me, uh, I guess something to focus on because school was just not for me. So I ended up moving to another city salon, finished my apprenticeship there, qualified and got my first job at as a qualified hairdresser at Rakus on Collins. So I am so grateful for that type of upbringing within my industry because it started at a very high standard and high level. Though as I progressed throughout my career, I progressed in my own kind of self-destructive way and really burnt some bridges um, along the way in the industry because I was so, I guess, filled with self-loathing and self-hatred and not even knowing that and kind of just drowned my own sorrows with alcohol and drugs. So I've been clean now for 10, 11 years, and it has been that the last 11 years that I've really been able to put all of that creative energy into hairdressing, and hairdressing saved my life when I was an apprentice, and it is saving my life again because I get to put, you know, I get to create something with my life, and hairdressing is not just a career, it's an obsession. I love it, and I, I'm so grateful to have um something that I love and can continue to create and evolve. So, Well, Shannon, that is incredibly inspirational because I didn't know that about your background before. And, um, you know, with the HC, we've actually developed with uh, a really beautiful lady called Tina Winchester and also another one called um, Meg Linton. And um, we have got podcasts and resources all about mental health but also physical yes. health and a lot on self-esteem. 
you know, I think unfortunately that's where social media does let us down because it really has affected the social, you know, our self-esteem for so many, you know, so many young people nowadays. But knowing that you had those struggles and challenges, um, I know that when I first walked into the salon I did my apprenticeship with, it was like, oh, my God, the vibe and the culture and the music and the fashion and the makeup and the people in there just became, you know, this is where I belong. And, um, you know, it sounds like, you know, hairdressing for you, you know, when you came back to it after your, your dark period, it's, um, you know, it's obviously where you belong. And what an incredible journey to go through that, um, you know, through those dark times and then come back and just really sort of be a champion at what you do. Yeah. So, wow. And so um, so you opened your salon. How long have you had your salon now? So Mama West, Mama West was born during the global pandemic and she is three years old in January. So very exciting. Wow. And so how well have you done in that three years? Have you found it um, being in business for the first time? Have you found many challenges being in business? What do you think is your biggest challenge? Well, I was doing hair from home before Mama West was born and I was doing that for about five years and I think I was worse at business then. Though the second I kind of grew from my own backyard and I remember it really clearly, I remember one of my clients said to me, Sheridan, you're just too big for your own backyard. And I don't think I really believed that, but I was bored and I was ready for the next step and I was ready for the next stage. And I was such a victim to my own life experience and the industry and being like, well, you know, I kind of did it out of resentment. And I was like, oh, well, I'm going to create a salon experience that no one's ever done before and it turns out plenty of salon owners have done the exact same thing and it's the exact same story and here we are and I think I just embarked on this journey to make a difference in the community it was never about the hairdressing industry and I think when I got to be a part of my local community I realized that whether I like it or not I'm a part of this hairdressing industry and if I want to make a change in this hairdressing industry I need to be in the front and center of it to then kind of yeah so people will want to listen to me no one wants to listen to the victim you know on the sidelines that's not really making much of a difference or impact so I think having a salon having a commercial liability having a team like that need to rely on a um, responsible business model I feel like so many of us are like I'm a creative but don't want to take responsibility for the business side of things, knowing our numbers, knowing what a profit is, knowing how to pay wages and super and tax on time, knowing how to pay above award, knowing how to price your salon prices so that you can pay above award and be profitable from the moment that you open the doors, which we have been. I think I've had a lot of help along the lines, um, along the way with um mentors that have really helped me not so much in the salon industry outside of the industry and now I have salon industry mentors that are helping me take my business to the next level so it it's I've had a lot of help you know it's not all me on my own I think uh, I am someone in nature who lives now with good principle and that as a result of that way of living, like the rest of my life is pretty clean and healthy, which means I, I don't have to look over my shoulder. I don't have to feel too much anxiety about business because I'm doing the right thing most of the time. <laughs> well, I think we all do try to do the right thing 
most of the time, <laughs> as you know, <laughs> running this small business is a challenge. Yes. And, um, you know, I think, uh, you know, with the Australian Hairdressing Council, you know, we're constantly fighting the government or bring to the attention to, to the government um, how complicated they make it for small business, especially yeah. industrial relation laws. Um, I mean, how on earth are we meant to understand a very complicated system, a very complicated award, um, alone everything else? And you know, so I mean, these are some of the things that you know we do all the we do all the things, all the talking behind the scenes that you know you don't have time to do. And um, where we go in, we bat for small businesses and also for the hairdressing industry. But um, thanks so much for you know, sharing your life story and also your business and your ethos and your culture and how you take care of your apprentices. It's been really great to speak with you. But just one last question, where to, what's next for Sheridan Rose and Mama West? Yeah, so we've just signed an eight-year lease for a 336 square metre space in the centre of Footscray. Wow riveting um so terrifying but I have learned over the last three years where my feet are and this is where I'm meant to be I love it so much I love sharing I love giving and it's time to uh, collaborate with other business models like yoga and meditation and we're bringing uh, a few different business models together within that big space to um, bring a bit of a holistic way of thinking and feeling and living and sharing in one big collaborative co-working space so I'm very excited for 2024. Uh, that sounds incredible like amazing so when when will that open because I will have to make sure I go to Melbourne and yes. you'll be on my list Yes. Go and see, you know, this uh, amazing space. So when is that scheduled for? Hopefully March 2024. You know what it's like. It's a brand new build. It's a shell. It's got no bathrooms, no ceilings, no aircon, no anything. So we're hoping and praying for March 2024, but also not holding our breath. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, that sounds incredible. So wishing you all the very best with your new venture. It sounds incredibly exciting and congratulations on how far you've come, you know, personally um, but also professionally. But you've really travelled a long way, I can see, personally, to get to where you are. And, um, you know, you've obviously climbed mountains where other people would have given up. And yes. So well done, congratulations and thanks for the chat today. Thank you. Thank you so much, Sandy.